and then we monitor the, you know, just taking a look to try and provide it. But one of the books we find that is the least purchased, or the set of books that is the least purchased, amazingly, should I tell you which one it is? Are you sure I should tell you which one it is? It's the books on the anointing. It's the books on the anointing. As, as books ministers, we have come to the conclusion that the average person or the average minister is saying, well, anointing I already have. Ah, I'm already anointed. So maybe I need some strategies or I need... Or anointing it just comes by the pouring on of oil. But I came to tell you today that you need the books on the anointing as well. Amen. Anointing also comes by books. When Joshua needed an anointing to fight a war, the Lord did not send to him somebody to teach him new fighting skills. God didn't send to him a military man. But after encouraging him, then he said, Joshua 1, this book of the law, this book, to us today is the Bible, but then it was just a book. This book of the law shall not depart from out of your mouth. That you meditate on it day and night, being careful to do all that you find Then shall you make your way prosperous. Then shall you have good success. His ability to win the fight was not how he positioned his AK-47. It wasn't how he positioned his um, machine gun. It was in the words of a book. My dear pastor, I came to share with you today that from the book came the anointing that caused him to do what he was doing. Hallelujah. Amen. So please, when you find a book on the anointing, don't leave it. There's more insight. The second point I want to say is that the evidence of your anointing is the anointing is not hidden in your stomach. The evidence of it is in what we can see. Just like the wind. Just like the wind. We know it is blowing. How come we say it was a strong wind? It's because of what it did. One day in Tamale, there was a strong wind. The weather there when it's hot is hot. When it is raining, it is raining. When the wind is blowing, it is blowing. I was on my way to work one morning. There had been a very violent storm the night before. And I saw people going down a small road. And then I heard something I'd never heard before. And I decided that this one I have to go and see. Can I tell you what I saw? Please, can I tell you what I saw? The wind of the night before had lifted somebody's kiosk complete with everything inside and deposited it, deposited it on top of somebody else's kiosk and then opened the doors. The kiosk it was standing on, the doors were closed. But the one up, it had opened the doors as evidence of the strength of the wind that have come through. The evidence of your anointing is in what we can see. So until you see what you are desiring to see, please don't limit yourself and say 
say that you are anointed. Hallelujah. If you have a thousand people, you can get four thousand. If you have a thousand people, and five hundred of your people invite four people. Isn't that 800 people? Plus your thousand. Thousand eight. Plus Jala 200. So you can reach there. Please, are you understanding what I'm trying to say? So don't stop. Reach out and stretch out for the anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm just going to finish off what we have been talking about in my sessions in this... Um, beautiful conference. Bishop Patrick, thank you for organizing it and for calling us and inviting us. Amen. God bless you so much. Amen. And the title of what I'm sharing today, I'm just using the main word anakazo. 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 Let us read. Each day we've started by reading the full scripture. I'm sure by now the story is entrenched or fixed in your spirit. Luke 14, starting from verse 16. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excuse. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excuse. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot count. So that servant came and showed his lordly things. Then the master of the house being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Hallelujah. Amen. That word anakazo is the Greek word for compel, which we find in Luke 14, 23. The word compel. Go in and compel them. But it is a word, anakazo is a word that means more than to compel. The English translators didn't have the rest, I mean, in one word. So they just picked one. But it also means to force. It also means to necessitate. It also means to threaten. It means to persuade. It means to entreat. It means a compelling 
force. Hallelujah. Amen. And so in this story, here was a man who decided he was going to use an akazo to fill his house. I pray that the anakazo spirit will enter you so that you will also fill your house. You will force until the house is filled. I said you will force until the house is filled. You will compel yourself and those who work with you to do what must be done in order to fill the house. Hallelujah. So today, I'm quickly going to run through a few steps. We've talked about some of them already. And I'll pause at some of them. The first thing was that this Anakazo man prepared a great supper. And you need preparation. Amen. Amen. If you're going to do anything for God, you need preparation. Thousands and thousands of hours of preparation. And one of the places you can prepare yourself, if you do not have a place, the Anakazo Bible School is a very good place to go. Amen. But whatever God does with you, and whichever way he leads you, you're going to need some time to prepare. Hallelujah. Because the greatness of a banquet is not in the chairs that are in the room. The greatness of the banquet is not in the tables or the deck. The greatness of the banquet is in the food. That's why... There are restaurants that are empty. But you see a watch seller at a place. And you see a line of cars. People have driven and come to park there because of the watch. May your church be like that watch seller. A place that people will queue to come in. When they are talking about, we want a place to meet God, may they mention your church. May they come to your church because of the meal that hallelujah Amen. are you with me and so don't resent it at times when God has given you 10 people to preach to 20 people to preach to it is all part of the of the preparation Job chapter 8 and verse 7 says that though thy beginning was small yet thy latter end shall prosper hallelujah Amen. shall greatly increase are you in the house this morning so I came to encourage somebody who feels that I've been at it for one year. I've been at it for two years. You're about to give up. I believe that one of the things of this conference has been don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. God is preparing you. Hallelujah. Sometimes in the preparation, it looks as though you have moved forward. Then it can even look like you have gone backwards. In Luke chapter 14, the man, when he prepared his supper, he knew that he had people who would eat it. But when the time came for the people to come, he had nobody. But that is when the spirit of an Akazo rose up. And I'm speaking to somebody this afternoon. And I'm saying to you that let the Akazo spirit rise up. Because that spirit will make you fight and keep fighting. Hallelujah. Amen. An Akazo man 
is somebody who influences a lot of people. The Bible says he made many. He invited many. Hallelujah. He invited many. And it was one of the ways that he grew his church. But I don't want to go into that today. Yesterday we spoke about an Anakazo man does not cancel his service. And we also spoke about an Anakazo man is not ready to have an empty house. Today I want to move to the next point. An Anakazo man is not overcome by excuses. And in this um, story, we see some now famous excuses. Somebody said that I bought land. I have to go and see it. It was in the night. But he was going to see his land. The question that comes to my mind is that so, had he not looked at it before he bought it? Ah, what you have. The next one said, I've bought some oxen. You see, those oxen, I'm going to prove them, I'm going to test them. They were for plowing, that was his work. And he said, Look, now they can't come. If you are going to buy oxen, you bought it in the night. You are going to test it on the ground in the night. And the third one said, I've married a wife. I can't come. Three killer excuses that can eliminate your ministry. What you have, your work, and your intimate relationship. Sometimes when God gives us things to bless us, we use them and we allow them to become the reason why we don't serve him. I couldn't come to the meeting. My car broke down. So I took it to the fitter. And he didn't finish on time. But my brother, my sister, before you had a car, you would have just turned and looked at the road. And your car number, a legacy Benz AD11, it would have been working. You would have walked all the way to church. But today that God has blessed you with what you have, your you say, I can't come. I had to stay in the house. There was nobody at home. So I had to stay in the house. It's because God has given you a house with something inside. When you had a room that there was nothing inside, you didn't care. You would have come anyway. I remember one time I asked somebody, I don't remember what we are talking about. And I said, Did you lock the door? I said, What is it to lock? So there was no point. Whether the door was locked or it was open, no effect is there. But today that God has blessed you and He's put something in your hand, you said that because of that, I cannot. What you have. Be careful. It's the killer of the ministry. It's the killer of the ministry. Are you in the house? Am I talking to people today? It's not that you shouldn't have anything. It's just that you should be aware that it can become an obstruction to your ministry. The next one is what you do. When you didn't have a job, 
you were there all the time then God blessed you with a job now you are bargaining with him because of that job you can't pray just three, four, five days ago the guy who is in charge of the praying stars in my church he came to me and he said I have regretted I said what have you regretted said I prayed with this brother to have a job and today that he has a job we have not seen his shadow dark in the doorway of the church it would have been better for him that he didn't have a job there are some jobs when you pick it you exchange it for, your, for God and so child of God does it mean that you shouldn't work it's the same Bible says he who doesn't work shall not eat it's also in the Bible but when you are picking the job let your mind be with you that hey, I am also a child of God and a servant of God and a minister in the house of God how will this job allow me to serve God because some jobs when you take the job you have pressed delete on your ministry that's it. And you no, have no, no, pressed no. the delete button. Yeah. By virtue of that job, that that you have taken. we chase money, Christians. Yeah, 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 yeah. We chase money. When we are asking God about a job, so we don't yeah, even ask him, is this your will for me or so not? We don't even ask him. Like unbelievers, yeah, yeah, we use how much we will be paid. Yeah, yeah. Like unbelievers, we use yeah, how much prestige we have. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, unbelievers, yeah. no wonder yeah, in a yeah. conference like this, where so many need this word, ah, yeah, they are yeah. here this morning you pay because they took a certain kind of job. Those who amaze me the most are those who work for themselves. And yet, you don't make time for God. I don't get it. I thought you took that thing to work for yourself. That you need time to serve God. But today, that God has blessed the work of your hands and has caused what you are doing to be established. You have walked away now and you say that, hey, I cannot come. God has heard you. And the same way in which the master was angry, so he has looked upon you in anger and he just watching. Thank God the mercy of Jesus is still there. He's for you to change your mind. The third group. The man said, I have married a wife. Of all the dangerous things and of all the difficult things and of all the possible details of ministry, this one is the most fearful. When you stand up to say, I am going to serve God, your first enemy will be your family. Your second enemy will be in your family. Your third enemy will be in your family. I don't understand when you come and say, My father said, I keep on meeting young people who cannot serve God. They say, My father said, I said, What did you expect your father to say? He has spent money educating you all What else should he say? I said, He will not be normal. After following you through medical school, you paying everything. You get up and say that you are going to serve God. But you should know Luke chapter 14 and verse 26, which says that if you are coming as a disciple of Jesus Christ. A day will come when you must hate his mother, hate mother, hate wife, hate children, hate your own life if you are going to serve God. Your intimate relationships. Your intimate relationships. I watch anointed boys. Anointed men. 
when you are going to choose a wife hips after you have married her now and she's drilling you in the house because the women know we can drill you without even thinking about it it is automatic it's automatic. Our things is automatic. It's yeah, inside. It's normal and natural. I tell you. Hey, you are very quiet. When we are offended, it automatically comes so, to us. Yeah, we'll yeah, 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 man, sorry, sorry. Then we walk around the house. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Hey! As God has sent you and said that you should go to man crown so and start the branch. And you have come to say it in the house and then she wakes up. Then you walk in early in the morning. She doesn't know you are around. <laughs> if you like, don't stand like a man. You will delete your ministry. But you know, the women who are called, no, yes, amen. Because we, when God was cursing us, he said, our desire will be for a man. And he will rule over us. And so you should see us anointed like the sea itself. But that desire to have a man, the time when you look at it, it doesn't matter. The thing is in trousers. It's enough. It's called a man. Man a man. I will marry him. Oh yeah. And before you are aware, she has given up everything. I remember a sweet sister of ours. Anointed woman. And she wasn't married. No worry. And in her forties. brother. Initially, we're like, oh great. But as a few things came out. Essentially. This is our sister. If she marries this man. So worry about me, yeah. Her large church. That's the end. It will not work. So myself and three other sisters like and so that. We gave ourselves unto prayer. Yes, see, yeah, and we said, Lord, let our sister see. Let our sister see. And shortly after, one day. That I said one day. They were driving somewhere. When out of the blue, the man exploded in the car. They began to scream. They began to cry. Mental problems. Hey! But for that, she would have gone in. Yeah. Your intimate relationships. Intimate relationships. Are you in the house? Are you in the house? Yeah. Are you in the house? Your intimate relationships. Some of us have come to the age also where we have children. Who are ready to enter to the ministry. And you will find out that. Much as you even believe it. If you don't ask the Holy Ghost to hold you. You will disturb them. The deleters of the ministry. The deleters of the ministry. Deleters. Are you there? Amen. Some years ago, about five years ago, our first son was going to enter into the ministry. And they were leaving the house to go. 
And I began to cry. I just said to them, I won't be at the airport. Then I turned my back and I went out. Because I knew that if I started to wail here, it would make it difficult for these children to go. Are you in the house? Sometimes you must just decide that. Let me speak to the wives. Because I have come across men of God who have told me that their wife has told them that, ah, but you are the one who is called. You are lucky I don't know you. You have forgotten that the minute the Bible calls you his help, whatever it is that he needs, is, you are the help that is me. The Bible says that God had created everything and he was bringing the animals one by one. One by one. Adam was naming them and God said, nah, all they don't match. I need one person. Her name is woman. She is the one. She is a help Not a resistor. Not a fighter. Not his condemner. Not the one pointing out his mistakes. Not the one putting the thing there for him to follow. So, what do you do when you don't agree? Pray, what else are you going to do? I said, What else are you going to do? I can tell you that God hears us. That's one I can tell you. God really hears us. Hallelujah. So these three things, if you don't watch out, don't delete your ministry. But there's one more hidden thing in the scripture. The reason why these gentlemen didn't bother to come for the party, I assume that they knew that their friend was preparing because of the kind of message he sent. Everything is ready. So it means you knew that I was doing something. But they didn't think what he was doing was important enough. I think they had become familiar with him. It was familiarity. I mean, we have been eating there. It's just another day. We don't need to come. And I need to tell you that familiarity has the power to neutralize the greatest gifts Amen. Amen. That's why his response was so strong. He said in verse 24 that none of these guys will eat anything. I was, I'm sure some of them sent a message. You, said you can send a package. You send a package and send it. He said, no, nothing, nothing. Pastor, when you meet somebody who's familiar with you, give them gap. Give them gap. Their familiarity will spoil what you are doing. You will want to do something, but the way that they have made it like it is nothing. You'll just be, it's not important. The land was more important. The oxen was more important. Their wife, that they, everything was more important. Mark chapter 6. <laughs> he went out from there and came into his own country. I'm reading from verse 1. And his disciples follow him. Verse two. Oh, you were doing well. Don't spoil it. Verse 2. And when, <laughs> when 
Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? That, I haven't finished, please, verse 2. That even such mighty works were wrought by his hands. They were admiring what he was saying. Verse 3. Is not this the carpenter? The son of Mary. The brother of James and Joseph. And of Judah and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us. And they were offended at him. Please go back to verse 2. Verse 2. Go back to verse 2. He began to teach. They were astonished. That is, they were surprised. They were admiring it. From whence that does have these things? What wisdom is this? What mighty works? Is it not the carpenter that I called to just come and make my bed this week? He made that thing. He didn't even finish one leg. It's one Is it not my my classmate? Is that not his sister? But the most, the most shocking thing, Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his country, and among his own kin, and in his own house, verse 5. And he could there do no mighty work. This is Jesus. When Jesus met familiar people, people who said, but we have known you since you were a child. But we are all in the same area. When he met those guys, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of the living God, he could do nothing. Couldn't do anything. Pastor, do you understand now? Why when you go somewhere else, you are not even working? When you are in your own church, nothing is happening. Your people are familiar. Your people are familiar. Hey, are you in the house? And if you continue to stay there, you will begin to believe that you are not anointed. Are you there? We are sharing with you what we have seen and heard from our family. But as a house, we too, Bishop Dag was our pastor. Bishop Dag, no, yeah, so Until we got familiar. Because we're seeing too much. Calls for a meeting. Someone come. Those who come, will feel that it's long. Until the time came. For several years, his only places he ministered were lighthouse churches. It was when he saw the familiarity. That's when he moved out. And that's when he started to travel from place to place. Started, I mean, other ministries. And he will go. I don't know about you, but today as I stand here, how I wish he would come and stand here. How I wish. Oh, Bishop, you wish too. How we wish. The, pastor, the bishops wish that 
We'll just have him here. Once. If he had not turned away from us, there would have been no healing Jesus crusade. There would have been no Anakazo Bible. There would have been nothing. No hospital, nothing. Because we would have just taken it for granted. But you see, that thing is still going on. He's in Ghana today. His books are available. His materials are available. We can show you where to download for free. We are in Ghana, free of charge. We are just there because he's a Ghanaian. I said, because he's a Ghanaian, it's like, oh, Sunlight house of one o'clock. This lighthouse people cry. Why? We are just sharing with you what we have suffered. Oh, yeah, it's from our pain that we are sharing something with you. But don't make the same mistake. Today we are standing here. We beg you, buy the Macarius. But one day you wake up, Macarius will not be there to buy to be bought. Are you in the house? Oh, uh -huh. You are here, you came with your senior pastor. Be careful. Oh, uh -huh. I said, be careful. Oh. Handle him like an egg. Why? Because we are running after hours. And trying to get audience with him. And trying to get a little time with him. You walked in here with yours. Don't make our mistake. I said, don't make our mistake. If you honor him, his anointing will bless you. If you are familiar with him, you will be there bareheaded. Bareheaded. Like a bareheaded chicken. Those that don't bear feathers. Hey! So if you came with your pastor, learn it and learn it right. People will say, is it not just a man? Is he God? Ah. Ah, he's a man. Of course he's not God. He's very clear. But in case you don't know, just go through your Bible and you will discover that every time God wants to do something, he gives us a man. I don't want to go into that message today. But he gives us a man. He gave to the children of Israel Moses. If they had said, we don't like, they would have just been there. But not only in the Old Testament. Was Paul not talking to Jesus? Saul, when he met Jesus, was he not talking to him? Damascus Road. Were they not talking? No, Munkasa. And then he asked, so what should I do now? It was Jesus who said, go and wait. Go and wait for three days. Then he now sent to Ananias. Ananias was not part of the story at all. He wasn't part of the story at all. Then he said, Ananias, uh, go to the... <laughs> Go to Damascus. Go Damascus. To the streets called Straits. Go to this place. Go Look go for go this house. Go this go man is there. He's expecting you. Is it that Jesus, the healer of men, could not open Paul's bright blind eyes? So Ananias, what for him? Where is your matter in this? But when God wants to bless a man, for some reason, he brings another man. He brings another man. You can't just, you know, so you can't bring your things inside. Oh. Just accept the man. And, but you see, my man of God, the way he is, you see, I saw that you are that you are there, perfect. Before he was of God, he was a man. So if he has a, a fault or two, you that you are. Hey, 
Hallelujah. Amen. Please take your seat. These men lost everything because of familiarity. I thank God that we haven't lost our father completely. When we are, from time to time we meet him, we get his materials, we can listen to him. Everything that he's doing is there for us to follow. But don't make the mistake with me. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us continue. And an Akazo man knows that the excuses are, can be empty excuses and sometimes they are even lies. Those are two but the next point I want to dwell on. An Anakazo man makes a way. Anakazo he makes a way. He does not make an excuse. On my excuse, Amen. Amen. The thing that differentiates successful the successful from the unsuccessful this point I keep on meeting people who say that oh but I had to go to work I had to do this I had to do that I had to do that that's the normal thing of life but there is no space in this life that has been carved out and given to us for free to serve God. So if you are going to serve God, you better become an expert at making a way. That's why I don't buy the excuse. I said, that's why I don't buy the excuse. Because I see that when people want to do something they do it I have seen men who want to marry they don't have money they marry hey. I said they marry they don't say I don't have there are also men there who are saying they are not married because they don't have money sister, sister. find your way she has just not planned to marry you. That's all. He has not planned to marry you. Because when people want to do something, hey, I had an example of this a few years ago. A certain friend of mine. Should I tell you this? This friend of mine works in a certain hospital. Every day, they are doing operations. Every day. He doesn't have timetable because at that time he was working at trauma. No. So any accident that comes, any time I met, you can't find the person because they are constantly. In the I used to feel sorry for him sometimes. I was okay. okay. Then you tell me it's two o'clock. I haven't even had a chance to drink. I bought a bread to me. Hey, stressed life. At that time, that's my doctor friend had one daughter. Are you here? Stressed out, no time to eat. No, every time I meet him, he's totally exhausted. I mean, life was just tight. But one day, I said, One day, I met him and his wife, and I saw that his wife was pregnant. And I looked at my brother, I said, hey, When did you have time? When did you have chance to organize this one? Yes, the way you are tired, no water to drink. Sometimes his first meal in the day is at 2 a.m. Sometimes three days he has not been to the house, but because 
He wanted another baby. And his wife wanted another baby. In the middle of his exhaustion, no water, no food, no nothing, no sleep, no rest, no nothing. And so, what you are here. I, I hope he's not around today. I hope <laughs> hey, that's when I realized that human being, human being, when we have meant to do something, we do it. I said, when we have meant, we do it. There's a film our bishop talks about. There's a scene inside the film. Some tiger was a lion or something. There's a hospital in the jungle. And then the, the tiger gets free. <laughs> and it jumps inside the tent hospital. He said, The scene, whether you are a patient lying down, have comatose, or they are put drip on you, or say, We are ICU, or say, Dayo, when they say, Tiger, Nobody lay down there and say, oh, I'm too weak. Sorry. I'm finished. Oh, Let the tiger just come and oh, have me. But when it comes to the things of God, then we start. I cannot come. I cannot do. I cannot go. I'm here to tell you today. It's not that you cannot go. It's that you don't want to go. It's not that you cannot take part. It's that you don't. Hey. Anakazo man. If you want, you will do. I say, if you want, yes, I will do. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? You know, one of the most interesting things. How many of us know Momoyi? Momoyi. You know that Momoyi has a smell. If you buy the money and you put it on a bus to Accra, the driver will complain. The occupants of the bus will complain. If you don't take care. Hey, when we in Tamale, a friend of ours wanted to bring money. The things melt in the car. She had to take it and tie it, and then put it in the window and close the window. So the money was outside. <laughs> Another word is stinking fish. But there's money. Money is there. London. London. They have packaged the money. Put it in a case. Put the case on a plane. Reach Heathrow. Pass through the smelling dogs. Because somebody wants to eat money. <laughs> you see, until you get the money and put it in your kitchen and close the door and go and come, you won't believe the smell. You will be coming from your room and you say, what is it that is smelling in the house? But people who want to eat momoni, yes, one of they have momoni. been able to package it and, so, me, me, and say, carry it. And so they are, they are beat immigration, oh, with, immigration. The dogs, oh, they are uh, beat uh, immigration with the dogs all. 
and arrived in their house in London. 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 I see you in London. London. They have managed to reach London. London. And then they have removed their money. My breath, but they have got it. We need to desire the work of God like that. Yeah. Because if we desire it, no matter what, I said no matter what, we will do it. We will do it. Hallelujah. Amen. We are learning from the Anakazo man. Wow. The next thing, this Anakazo man, he goes out of his normal circle of friends. Everybody has a circle of friends. Everybody has their area. They are place where they are comfortable. There are people with whom they are comfortable. But if you have really planned to do well, I think you must begin to be willing to go outside of that. Amen. And for some people, until you do, you will not see a certain size of ministry. Mm-hmm. Because you have limited yourself to the people who are like you. Can I speak the truth? Can I speak the truth? If you are in Kumasi, it's a blessing that you can speak tree. I wish that I could just flow in the tree like this. But if you have limited your church to tree, you may have other people around you who don't speak you but you can't see them and so you have not provided for them the day you decide that I want to expand if you opened up to allow them it will work Oh, Pastor, but I don't speak English. Oh, I also don't speak English. So, uh, so I have somebody translate it. Let somebody translate for you until you have the confidence. Because I can speak tree with you when I meet you outside. It's the confidence to preach it that is yet to come. Are you in the house? <laughs> Maybe until you do it. My church was a small church. Small church. Small church of adults, tree speakers. No matter what I did, that was our size. Until I accepted that there were children around me. There were students. Up until that point, I was saying that, oh, who builds their church on students? Students, yeah, they come and they go. They are not there permanently. But they were there. And when I opened my doors for them, instead of a small number, I got a flood. My greatest problem in my church is to find enough room for them. That's our greatest But it would never have been if I had stayed with my kind. Adults, married, with children and all the problems that I'm for more problems. Are you with me? But by opening up, do I have problems? Of course, every grouping has problems. 
But if I had not opened that door, I also wouldn't have seen some growth. What about you? Who else is around you? Who else is in your area? Who else will respond to you? You might be surprised. You might be surprised. You may be saying that, oh, it's only Nigerians who are there. But you might be surprised that you in particular, you have an anointing for that. And so even though you are Ghanaian, when you open the door, they will come. I remember that there's a, a pastor in the Ukraine. He married a Ukrainian, but he's Ghanaian. He's the only black man in his church. Huge church like that. Huge church like that. So for some reason, the people like him. Who is around you? You see, this man, when the people he was inviting, the rich people didn't come. Because you must be rich to be buying land. Rich to be buying oxen. When they were not coming, he turned his face to the maimed, to the halt, to the blind, to those who were not like him. And they rather came in so much that he could even send for second round to your house needs to be full but you need to ask God to open your eye to see who is that group when you see them they will fill your house put your hands together for the Lord hallelujah You see, some of us, maybe if the people we were calling didn't come, maybe we would have sent somebody to just go and call people once. But the, the servant came to him and said something. There is still room. There is still room. And an Akazo man is not satisfied for as long as there is room. For as long as there is room. The chairs must be there for you to see that there is more space. Amen. Amen. Now, I noticed these modern day ashes. Don't worry, not, not, not the ones here before I lose my seat. But <laughs> I noticed that these modern day ashes, you can go for a meeting and then let's say there are 70 chairs there. Don't wait until person number 69 comes to sit down. Then don't go and bring two chairs as if he's paining them. Pastor, that guy is your enemy. He is hindering the growth of your church. There must always be empty chairs. When you empty the chairs, you have made, when you, when you have an empty chair, God will bring people to fill it. And so you keep on adding. But when you restrict the thing to something, I have found out, I have been a pastor of many churches. And I have discovered that when the seats are full, the church stops growing. It stops. So tell them, put the chairs there. Let it be empty. That is what you need. That's what the Anakazo man needs. To just stir up something. To fill it. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Stop letting them convince you that your church is full. Your church is not full. How many services do you have in your church? Young Gicho has seven services. Young Gicho, like that. And each service is a completely different crowd. Different crowd, different choir, different ministers, different usher, different everything. How come you are okay with your one service and one batch of people? If the building is yours, start another service. Oh, Pastor, the first one is not yet full. Oh, so for now, they can start another one. That empty service will worry you. Uh, it will stop you from oversleeping on Saturday night. When you remember how the Saturday Sunday before, you had come to that service to preach to 20 people. You said, No, 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 I cannot preach to 20 people again. And you will wake up. And, and you will do sorry. outreach. Now and you will pray I, until you feel another But if you just believe it like that, now, Janice, ah. the church will grow to just your what you are providing. Yeah. There was a time in my church. I had 900 chairs. When we put the 900 chairs, yeah, 800 and something people filled it. Now, in fact, let me start from the beginning. There were 350 chairs. The room got full. So we changed the chairs to the foldable ones. And we could get 450 people. Suddenly, the pastor, that's me, I was the same. My helpers were the same. So it's not us. But the fourth, it got full. So I asked, can we extend the building? And Bishop said, we can extend it. When we extended it, somebody blessed us with 500 chairs. By the way, the 500 didn't come till the expansion. So your blessing is waiting for you to expand your dream and stop liking small things. So, the day we finished slabbing, we didn't have a roof. We put the chairs down. When I came out of my office, I said, hey, all the chairs were full. I had a leaders meeting. I said, your anointing has not increased. The last time I checked mine, it had also not increased. <laughs> what is it? The chairs were full. But I realized for as long as we had the 900 there, that's it. So I said, let's call there's a, a place called London Bebe. Don't worry, it's a good And we rented chairs. <laughs> and we would rent two or three hundred chairs and when we added, it started to grow. And so it was full, it can't grow anymore. Then I said, Lord, already finishing this building, I have not been able to finish. I can't extend again. What should I do? Then a few weeks ago. And if now I said, ah, but are you not the one who says more services? So we started another service. When we started the service, suddenly 250 people were there. Last week Sunday, that's the second Sunday. 325 people were there. It's not the anointing that's increased though. 
At least I don't think so, though we are praying. Yeah, I just think that we have made room for it and God is filling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time I stand there and I told them, yeah, don't yeah, pack yeah. away all the chairs. Yes. Leave the chairs yes. standing yes. there. Let us be looking at the thousand something chairs. Yes. With only yes. 300 yes. people, yes. it will grow. I pray that next year I'll come and tell you that it has also. Pastor, I think it's a principle that is working. So for me, by the grace of God, God. a spiritual God. principle. How many chairs are in your building? Instead of leaving this Gulf of Guinea in between the the rows. Do you know what I'm calling Gulf of Guinea? Uh-huh. So between this row and this row, there's a Gulf of Guinea. Bring them a little closer and add some more chairs. God will surprise you. He will fill those chairs. Up. I said he will fill those chests up. Because in Isaiah 16 verse 22, he said a little one shall become a thousand. A little one. I prophesy to you today, if you will receive this message in your spirit, no matter how tiny your church is, the scripture says a little one shall be a thousand and a small one will be a strong nation. Isaiah chapter 16. Please, in verse 22. Hallelujah. It is scripture is working for you. At least I see that it is working for me. I pray for more anointing, but I realize that it's not just that. It's not just that. Hey, a little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. And I, the Lord, will hasten it in His time. May your church fulfill the scripture. A little one, I said a little one becoming a nation. A small one a nation. Today nobody is minding you. Nobody is knowing you. But I'm prophesying to you today. And I'm saying to you that if you will take the scripture, if you will eat the scripture, if you will let the scripture fill your belly, you will find that your little one is a thousand. Your small one is a nation. May it be unto us according to the word of God. Hallelujah. I have just one more point. Hallelujah. Amen. We're trying to fill our, ch- our houses. Amen. Amen. Uh, that's why I'm saying to you that dwell by Luke chapter 14. And just let it soak inside your spirit and you see more things. Hallelujah. Amen. You will find one thing. This master and his servant, their minds were on other people. Their minds were on other people. Right from the beginning of the story where we read they were preparing a supper for somebody else. And when they found that those people didn't want it, they simply went out and found other people. But something has changed in the house of God today. We come into our churches and we are polishing the same coins. We are polishing the same people over and over and over and over and over and over and over ad infinitum. But in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, Jesus said to us, all power is given unto me in heaven and therefore, 
and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the time. These were Jesus' last words. I said, These were Jesus' last words. After this, the next thing we hear of him, he's going to heaven. The last words of a person to us are very important. Even normal human beings, when, we, when they die, their last words, if we know it, we do it. How much more God? When he was going, he left us with the mission or with the commission. And it is repeated in the Bible over and over. In Mark, he breaks down the all nations to tell us what he's saying. Your Jerusalem, just around you. Your Judea, the place you can reach by taxi. Your Samaria, a place that you need a bus or you need something to reach there. And the ends of the world, somewhere that you need to fly to. But we have not done it. We haven't done it. Yeah, to me, and oh, yeah. We used to do it, but we haven't done it. Yeah, yeah, and I say, yeah, we have yeah, slowed yeah. down. Yeah, 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 Far fewer crusades happening. Crusade Far fewer meaningful, meaningful outreaches happening. Yeah, we have found all kinds of ways to dodge it. But I want to say something to you today. That in verse 20, he says, And lo, I am with you all. When he starts to go out in a certain way, you are not an evangelist, or you are just fulfilling the word of God. His presence is what is with you. Yes, I know you are anointed. I know you are gifted. But it is possible to have a gift. But the person who gave the gift is not there. And that's why your gift will continue to function. But you are May not have the presence of God His gift is there. After all, if you give me your iPad as a gift, I've taken it, and when I'm standing here, he's not with me here. I still have the gift. So if I open it, it will still work. And many of us are saying that, oh, but I laid hands and they still fell. I spoke and they were still healed. I prophesied and they fell. Of course, it is a gift. It will work. But the presence is with you. The presence of God. The presence is what we need. I said the presence is what we need. Forgive me. But pastor, is the presence of God in your church? When people come into the church, do they meet God? Or do they just meet you? Is God there? Is Jesus there? How do we know when the presence of somebody is there? Have you ever been in your house? The person didn't make a sound and somebody entered and you found yourself turning. The person didn't make a sound. That thing is because every living thing has an aura. Once the person entered your space, they didn't need to make a noise. Just their presence. Recently, I was laughing and I was saying that, hey, do dogs also have presence? I got some visitors. We were sitting down chatting. And I noticed that they kept on looking in the same direction. And I said, what is there? They said, nothing. When I looked, my dogs outside had been re released. Bishop likes big dogs. I said, Bishop likes big dogs. One of them had come and stood like that. She didn't make a single sound. But that face that kept coming, that's why they kept on. That's just to describe to you what 
an aura is. The when, when we are in the church so we are and the Lord arrives, don't we fear? Don't we know? That's the presence. That's the presence. Another part of the presence is the voice. Is the voice of God. When people visit our churches, when they come to our churches, do they hear the voice of God? What exactly do they hear? But I think that as we fulfill this commandment, more and more, more and more, as people come to church, you feel that it's God they met when they came. The God has spoken to them. Hallelujah. Amen. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians oh. I believe this might be my last scripture. Galatians 6. One, sorry, the Galatians 1 verse 6. I'm reading this scripture out of it a little fearfully, but it's in the Bible. We have to read it. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Which is not another. But there are some that trouble you. And would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we. Or an angel from heaven. Preach any other gospel unto you. Than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. As we said before. So say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be a curse. Very strong words from the Apostle Paul. And he was saying to us that there is a real gospel and there is another gospel. Another gospel. Something that we can be preaching that is not the gospel. Hey, are you there? What are we preaching? What are we preaching? We have churches. Somebody can visit our church from January to December. Never hear an altar call. Most of us here are charismatic and Pentecostal churches. We got born again at a time when a revival entered into our nation. That's how we gave our life to Christ. After every message, no matter where the message went, an altar call was made. That's how we received Christ. When we finished, we were given the opportunity to be baptized. After the baptism, we were also led to receive the Holy Spirit. That's how we speak in tongues. But what's going on in our church today? Today we are preaching another gospel. The gospel of happiness, no matter what you do. The gospel of money is what matters, no matter what you do. The matter, oh, you can just come and bribe God with anything. You can just bring any seed. It's okay. It doesn't matter how you live. You can do whatever you want. And that is why in our church, today we say that we are anointed we are the church even before but there are thieves in the church there are unfrontes as church members there are for the fornication don't talk about it as for people living together it's like every day the concept of sin we don't know what sin is any longer we are just doing what we want Paul knew 
that a day like today would come to pass. And so he spoke Galatians chapter 1, verse 9 to 6. Six to nine. Many times we think that a curse is only what somebody says. Somebody is throwing an egg and saying, Our forefather in Paul, he didn't throw no egg. He just spoke words. He said, If you preach another gospel, may you come across a curse. We didn't know the curse was you today that the charismatic church is crossed over and we are walking in a curse. And that is why when you look at the church, the broke people in the church is like the broke people in the world. The one sick people in the church. Just like the sick one. In, we have prayed. We have prayed. Anointed. Spoken. Delivered. Delivered. And delivered some more. And yet. The church. Is like outside. It is like outside. It is like outside. If I ask here. How many of us. Have laws. Have laws. It's like the word pepe. When Namwan did his things, Christians were crying. Any sickness that you take is in the church. Just like it is outside. Because we are preaching another gospel. I said we are preaching another gospel. I came to plead with you today and to say, let us return to the real gospel. Jesus, the Son of God, who came down on earth, who gave his life, who shed his blood, he died, he was buried, he rose again victorious, and therefore God has given him a place at his right side and given him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of kings in heaven and kings on earth and kings under the earth. When we begin to preach it, that is when, when your member is entering the church, the sickness will remember the rebuke it got and flee. That is when we will return to the message of faith. That he gave us whatsoever things you desire. Mark chapter 11, 23, 24. When you pray, believe that you have received it and you will have them. You won't go running to the nearest bank because you've got a bank in the Bible. Preach for a word. The day we start preaching. The day we start preaching. The day we look at our member. Say, it's a sin. But Jesus forgives. The day we begin to get real conversions back in the church. Our churches will be full. Please stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and pray. Just lift yourself, your voice up to the Lord. Rakabari and the Lebri and the Kabari and the Lebed Rabababa Rakabri and the Lobo Zabri and the Kurababa Sante Brandalaba Father, we, we pray, have, oh God, have mercy on us. We need to us, repent oh before the Lord. The Prophets who don't preach so. how to be saved. Prophets who are preaching from their stomach but not from the word of God. Prophets who will not read to get a message. I came to tell you today, Revelations chapter 10, verse 11. Read that book, eat that book, then you will now prophesy a true message. Different nations, different kings, different people. But from now, if you say, you are speaking from your flesh.
Church, we need to find our way back to God. We need to find our way back to God. When was the last time you led somebody to Christ? You don't need to be a pastor. You are a Christian. It's a Christian activity. There used to be a time when there was preaching of the word of God on the bus. Today, there's preaching of the gospel of money on the bus. Today, the herbalists have taken over the preaching of the word to sell their herbs. And we point at them and we say, Look at what these men are doing. But they are doing it because we stopped. We stopped. That's how they got a space. And no. But we are coming back. We're coming back. Yes, Tell God we're coming back. We're coming back. We're looking for another revival. More powerful than the one that made us Christians. We want to preach the pure word of God again. We want to preach the pure gospel again. We want to tell people one more time. Except a man be born again. He cannot enter. You can't bribe God. You can't pay God. You can't live how you want. If you want to come to Jesus, you got to live how he says. It's time to preach the true gospel. The true gospel. Oh yes. It's time to baptize our people in the Holy Spirit again. It's time. Many speak in tongues but they don't know what it, where it is in the Bible. Because they've not been taught. They don't know. Oh but we are changing. Lift up your voice and pray for a few more minutes. Because of that, many have become weak and tired. But we are correcting ourselves. Oh Jesus, help us to preach the true gospel. Help us to preach the gospel without fear, without favor. Help us to preach it, Lord. Yes, Lord. Open the floodgates in abundance and cause your rain to, to fall on me. Open the floodgates in abundance. Cause your rain and cause your rain. Today is the fresh rain we are asking for. Where? 
again today oh God let it burn in us again grant us the grace to preach the pure gospel again let souls be saved let them enter into the house by the hundreds by the thousands by the cities by the nations because of what we are sharing Lord and the voice that you have given father let it be anoint us this afternoon no matter what else we do lord you told us to do the work of an evangelist may we do that work may we be evangelizing prophets evangelizing teachers evangelizing pastors evangelizing apostles father no matter whatever call you placed on us may we never ever hesitate to share that gospel thank you thank you thank you for dying for us Thank you for rising up. Thank you for the power available to us because of that. Let us fill your house. Let hell be depopulated, oh God, because of us. Because of us. Because of us. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. 